Welcome to the Snowboarding Podcast, All I Really Need to Know I Learned from Snowboarding. I'm Chris Rogers. And I'm Nick Alfieri. This is the podcast where myself and Chris talk about all the life lessons we've learned from snowboarding, not just the good ones, but some of the struggles we've had along the way. So please stay tuned for this week's episode. Welcome back to this week's episode. Today, we're going to be talking about managing healthy fear and healthy risk. Yeah, this is a shout out to Kelly Ann Nugent, who put a post on our Facebook page. This was a topic that she was interested in, and managing fear has been a topic that's been on our minds for quite some time, but we haven't done an episode about it. Uh, It is really important in what we do, and not only in ourselves, but also in our students, how we kind of do that. So our goal today is to talk about maybe a couple strategies that myself and Chris use and how we coach people through fear and then how to incorporate that into a lesson. We've kind of danced around this one a bit with episodes like dealing with shame and recovering from injury. We talked a little bit about managing fear in relation to recovering from injuries. I think we also cover some of that content in the emotional intelligence episodes. And and this is all part of kind of the soft skills of of what we do and, and areas that we've grown and learned more about ourselves and about uh, bigger picture things from our career in snow sports. Can you think of any times, maybe to start off, when you've been scared, Chris, on your snowboarding? Is there any specific times? Every time I stand in front of a jump that I haven't hit before. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, you and I have both competed at times, and jumps are are something that I feel pretty comfortable with. Yeah. But uh, especially when you're traveling around and, and leading clinics and resorts that you haven't been at, and maybe you've got eight people with you that are kind of looking for a little bit of inspiration and you've never hit that jump before. You have no idea what the shape of the lips like. I mean, you can, you know, try to talk people into doing a little pre-ride, re-ride action, but there's certainly an expectation sometimes. And so you kind of, that, that expectation increases the pressure. And for me anyways, looking at a jump where I don't know what the lips like, maybe the lighting isn't perfect, you know, maybe it's increases that anticipation for me and, and bumps that little adrenaline spike. Have you, have you figured out ways to cope with that fear better and better as, as you've gotten older or is it, do you notice that fear's gotten worse as you get older? Is it better? Is, is there differences? I don't, I don't think it's worse or better. I think it's more, yeah, talking about managing fear. Uh, you know, I trust myself and I trust that I can manage that speed. And, you know, a lot of times I'll take them, take us a couple of seconds to cover a topic at the top of the park. So giving some time for a few other people to roll through so I can watch other people's lines and watch what people are doing with speed. Uh, and then sometimes, you know, specifically calling that out, Hey, let's watch what people are doing, you know, or, or calling out to the group, like, Hey, has anyone hit this today? Or, or in the last couple of days, what's the lip like gathering some of that data, uh, yeah. helps, helps me manage fear in, in that sense. Yeah. And, and, but it hasn't been tied to aging at all with you or anything like that. Ah, I mean, I'm sure I'm more cautious about going into park features now than I was at 18. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I think that's more like reckless versus uh, experience, right? Like as you stack up those injuries, there is healthy fear and you become more aware of risk, right? I, I think in especially with what we do, an injury takes us away from our livelihood. I've noticed fear um, more as as I get older, due to like my job um, taking taking me out. I had the weirdest experience uh, last season. I think it was last season. Um, maybe it was the season before. For the first time in my life, 
I was scared of riding the trees. Like I used that just used to be one of my zones that I would go in and full blast pedal to the metal. That was one of the reasons I loved it was because you had to be so in the moment and you couldn't make a mistake and you you just had to be on. And I found myself for the first time um, pulling back and actually being scared to make turns. And it was the first time I ever had that feeling and it was the weirdest coming to terms with myself and starting to age a little bit and it, it was just a totally new experience for, for me in that realm. I definitely felt fear snowboarding in other areas, like um, trying to learn new tricks. There's been some tricks where I've just been really scared, and I've actually pushed past the healthy fear, healthy risk, because I wanted to try something and injured myself before, you know? But it was a real interesting experience uh, last year, feeling that fear for the first time in a place where I never have felt fear before. It was very strange. What do you think triggered that? Um, age. Fear of, fear of injury and for, it was one of the things where I just thought about the long-term effects. It was kind of the, one of the first times I really thought about long-term what an injury would do to me as far as taking me away from livelihood, medical bills, medical expenses, and then just kind of this fear of pain as well I, I i don't know like it was it was everything but it was all new in that zone and it threw me for a loop and i've had to consciously work on managing fear now in the trees so when you say that when you when you consciously work on it what are some of the things that you do to manage fear manage manage that concept of of when is it okay and when's it when do you back away from risk yeah it's easy well not easy but I have a thing, this is what I tell people about managing fear, and this is what I try to practice myself, is a lot of times people run from fear, and they, they think about, oh, I'm good at managing fear if I can push it out of my head, like it's about pushing it away, and I've, I've never thought that, well, now I don't think that's the case. Um, when I'm thinking about if I'm scared of riding the trees, I think, okay, what am I scared of? Well, I'm scared of slipping out on my heel side edge. Um, and sliding um, my knee into a tree and wrapping my knee around a tree and totally tearing all the ligaments. Um, I'm scared of breaking my femur with the same type of thing. I'm scared of catching a tree branch to my neck that's not protect protected. Um, I, actually, I go really in-depth, and part of managing fear is I go in-depth with every fear I have, and I force myself to think about it, think about the outcome of that, what, what I'm really, and I dive deep into what is it I'm scared of? Why am I scared of that? Okay, what is it? Could I, could I really hurt myself? How could I really hurt myself? What would be the outcome of that? And I dive deep, 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 think about all the possibilities, and then I ask myself, okay, am I still going to do this? And sometimes the answer is no. No, I'm not. And that's fine. But a lot of times the answer is no, yes, I thought about all the possibilities, and I decided I still want to do this. And then I'm way more willing to commit to whatever it is I'm about to try. And that, to me, is the most important thing. People get hurt. You have injuries when you hesitate. And that is where a lot of injuries come from. So for me, going through that and then asking myself, am I going to do it? Yes or no? Sometimes it's no. That's fine. When it's yes, if I've thought about all those things, way more likely to commit, be present, be in the moment, and react on time and, and um, execute well.
I like that. That's a good, that sounds, that's a great, that's a great tool for managing fear and especially for a thinker. I mean, you, you identify as that, as that thinker, when you take in information, <laughs> you want to think about it, you want to yeah. process it. Yeah. And so as a, as a tool for managing that, thinking through all of those steps, dotting all your I's, crossing all your T's yeah. and then asking yourself that question, is this, is, am I going to do it? Yeah. Cause that's at the end of the day, that's the question, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, am I going to do it? And are you going to commit like the, the, the commitment thing to me then that gets into like healthy risk is you have to give yourself space to say no, but you also have to give yourself space to say yes. But if you hang out in that, like, well, uh, um, uh, okay. I guess, I, I guess I'm just, I'm just going to go and see how I feel on the way in to the jump. You're in limbo and that's when you're going to hesitate and make mistakes and, that 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 to me is the measure between healthy fear and healthy risk. That and that's that's what I found. That's what I coach people to do in the park in in certification. I talk to them about diving deep into actually feeling those feelings of fear and then asking a question. But what 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 do you do? So I, I mean I think you you going into that into that healthy risk side of things. Risk risk is a calculated decision in what we do, right? Like you you hear the stories about somebody who's on their way to go jump out of an airplane and they get hit by a car, right? So you're always managing the risk in the sense of the things that you can control. Yeah. So skiing and snowboarding, it says it right on all of our lift passes and the responsibility code. This is an inherently dangerous sport. Yeah. And there is inherent risk in doing what we do. You can be a hundred percent in control and somebody can slide into you, slam into you, and completely end your season, even though you in your mind are not taking a calculated risk at that, at that time, right? You're, you could be up there and decide, you know what, I'm not going to ride these trees today. And you go around and somebody slams into you. Yeah. So I see that risk factors coming in when we're making that decision about specific pieces we're calculating. And then there's all the uncalculated stuff, all the things outside of our control to some extent, we've made the decision to go ski and snowboard today. Yeah. And as such, there's some inherent risk we're deciding to take. And now we're talking about adding additional layers of risk onto that. Am I going to hit that jump? Am I going to hit that rail? And then, you know, am I going to go into the trees? Am I going to drop this chute? Is this, is the snowpack safe? Uh, you, you know, when you're in the backcountry, there's all of these additional levels of risk and yeah. each of those steps, we ask ourselves, am I going to do it or am I going to step away? And I think that step away part of what we're dealing with there and calculating risk is actually going back to episode three, dealing with shame. Uh, yeah. You feel shame sometimes when you don't take a risk and every, yeah, you kind of beat yourself up. Yeah. You know, and, and, that, and there's kind of a line there between shame and, uh, and ego. Yes. Yeah. When you're dealing with, you know, you've got 10 people in a clinic watching you and yeah. if you decide not to do something, how do you justify that? So there's like all of these set, right? You got, you've got, injuries, you've got risk, you've got ego and shame and like other elements stacked on top of that. Dude, I was just, I did a, um, a freestyle, uh, exam, a freestyle certification exam down in New Zealand this last summer. And I totally tried to show off and hurt myself like on a jump, not seriously, but fully tweaked my knee at the very end of the season. And like, took a while to recover from it but it was that same thing about the ego you know and i and it was the end of the day and it just didn't quite feel right and i didn't go through like this whole like risk assessment or like fear assessment what am i scared of am i like i need to make a decision one way or another 
and I just kind of decided last minute rolling into this jump, I was going to try to do something cool to, <laughs> to show off. Not cool. <laughs> Not cool at all, dude. Like seriously, I was like, oh man, like why did I do that? That was so dumb. Now I tweaked my knee and yeah, that it's interesting the connection between the the fear and shame and, and ego and why sometimes we might push ourselves beyond the healthy risk to to try to have an ego trip or something. But yeah, interesting. It sounds like you and I both use pretty similar routes for managing risk, managing fear. Yeah. Because uh, I do the same thing. I, I ask, I go through that, that kind of mental checklist. And at the end of the day is, do I have enough data points? Do I have the information I need to do this safely? Or at least safely enough that it meets my criteria for I'm going to do this. Yeah. And sometimes for for me, that means sliding past that feature and taking a closer look at it. Um, I'm I'm like pretty I'm pretty into the into our uh, Park Smart pre ride reride side of things. I yeah I will totally slide by a jump and and I don't have I think at this point I've become confident enough in my clinic leading to take a group and do that and say you know what I haven't hit this jump in the 30 foot range. I don't know what the lip looks like. I want to go <laughs> yeah. take a look at it. Totally. And like being okay with that, right? Having that confidence to be okay with it. And, and that, and that you can set your ego aside enough to say like, Hey, as a professional, this is my livelihood yeah. and I don't want to overshoot or undershoot this. Yeah. 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 You know, feet risk and, and fear. I kind of have a gripe with a lot of ski resorts and training programs about about this i I hear a lot of training programs about the journey to zero no injuries of any staff ever we're gonna get to zero you know and like um it's a big thing at a lot of resorts to not get injured in training or things like that which i don't want anyone to get injured i'm not wishing that anyone would get injured in a clinic but i think it's carol dweck's work on um uh, flow state where she talks about an, an engagement with learning that in order for learning to take place there needs to be some element of risk in her research and with risk will inherently come some injuries along the way you will never get to zero if there is risk there just will be some and I really struggle with that whole like journey to zero thing and like no injuries ever at your resort you know, when what we do is inherently dangerous and it's an acceptable part of what we do and injuries are going to happen. And I use risk in my clinics all the time. When you're do setting up a task or a drill or an exercise, if there's risk in it, some risk, people learn from that. They're much more aware. They're much more in tune with what they're doing. It forces them to concentrate and it cements learning. That whole getting to zero injuries thing, man, I struggle with it. I really do. Do you have thoughts yeah. on that, Chris? Because <laughs> you're nodding right yeah. now like, oh, oh I my, have is something my, to Is my say. nodding not audible? <laughs> yeah. There's something to say and I don't know if you have an opinion on that. Yeah. No, I, I definitely, you know, managing the training program at Vail for the last five years, there's there's – I think any large training program or any any large ski school, right? You're you're dealing with hundreds of employees and that liability cost adds up. And so I understand where it comes from, but I also feel that people need to train in the areas that they're going to work in. 
And if you're not providing opportunities to train in risky environments, and then you send people out into those risky environments to work, I think that sets up a lot of our instructors for adverse situations. And, and that's definitely something I've struggled with. I, I think, you know, we say on our lift passes that it's a, that it's an inherently risky sport and our entire resort concept is built around the idea of people sliding on a, a less frictiony surface. Yeah. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be accidents. Now, what I do like is, is some of the projects like I worked for the last several years on, on a project around defensive skiing and snowboarding. And, and it's similar to like, there's, there's car accidents. It happens, but there's things that you can do trainable things that you can do to prevent accidents, right? To, to keep yourself safe, keep your bubble safe. And so I think there's a lot we can do in training on that side of things and say, Hey, this is a risky sport. And here's the things that we can control for ourselves. Yeah, I, I agree that we can we can train and we can get better, but the never having an incident thing seems absolutely ridiculous and completely ignores and refuses to acknowledge that what we do has risk. And I think it's totally acceptable to try to reduce the rate of injury, and I think it's it's an achievable goal to reduce those things, like you talk about defensive skiing and riding. But the whole getting to zero and never having any injuries, I don't think is fully possible. And I think it actually ignores the inherent risk that we have in our sport and refuses to acknowledge that. And we put that pressure on a lot of trainers in our training departments that you can never have an injury in your lesson. Otherwise, you are going to be in such big trouble. And it is such such a gnarly thing to have that happen when really learning happens through risk. And, and if, you're, if you're experiencing a small amount of risk, you're more likely to learn that thing. And I struggle with that whole zero injuries ever thing. I would be much more on board with a as few injuries as possible type of thing. Yeah. I think that's more realistic. So I think, you know, I think there's there's a lot of different ways we look at that concept of of injury and risk and and um I think a lot of of where that awareness of injury comes from is ACLs. ACL injuries are life-altering injuries, right? They take you out for 9 9 months. Yeah. And and they cost 80 to $100,000 on a good day. Yeah. And when you're dealing with hundreds of employees and many of whom have ski boots on with a din setting that may or may not release this gigantic lever attached to your foot that puts pressure directly on an ACL. I, I think that's where a lot of it comes from. ACLs are some of the worst injuries we have and they, they take you out for the entire season. We have fewer ACL injuries in, in snowboarding, but it still happens. I mean, we, we had an episode last year on recovering from injuries with Tony who yeah. had an ACL injury. It's and, no joke. Yeah, it's, it's it's no joke. And it's preventable. It is it is preventable in a lot of ways. Yep. I agree. Yeah. So, I know I took us a little bit off topic and and kind of vented about, about some things and maybe we didn't stick with the full topic of this episode. Um but that that was just something that that came up to me and but going back to the actual topic which is managing healthy fear and and healthy risk i think it's important to to acknowledge fear i think the the main point i'm trying to get at is that fear happens and you need to acknowledge it and if you push it away that's not good and 
I like that Kelly said healthy risk because it doesn't imply taking away risk because there is an amount of healthy risk. And you need to be very aware of your own ability and be able to self-assess that. And I think the scared, more scared you are of something, probably because the risk is higher. So I think those two are really related. And if you're really good at, at going through, not at managing your fear and managing being not making it go away, but able to actually um, tell yourself if it's real fear or a perceived fear, um, a real threat versus a perceived threat, or some people say a physical threat versus an emotional threat, um, the more you get good at doing that, the better you'll be at risk assessment. So I think that's a great segue, Nick. And Kelly's original post was asking both about for ourselves and in managing that for other people, managing that for students. And I think we have a lot of different tools and, and um, methods we use to manage fear and risk on, our, on ourselves. You can talk about self-efficacy and, and different ways to actually manage that fear or build up efficacy, build up your um, emotional response to going and, and, and pushing yourself against some of those challenges. And then there's all of those things that we do to manage fear and manage risk for our students in our lessons. And I think probably what we should do here is, is uh, call, it a, call it a wrap on this episode. Yeah. And next week, dive into how we manage fear and risk for our students. I think that's a great idea. And I, yeah, I'm happy with leaving it here. And I think there's plenty of content for us to continue with next week on how to do this for students. Sweet. So stay tuned for next week. We'll dive right back in where we leave off tonight and uh, we'll, we'll be talking about how we manage healthy risk and healthy fear for our students in our lessons. Awesome. Thanks so much for listening. All I really need to know I learned from snowboarding is a podcast by me, Nick Alfieri and me, Chris Rogers. If you have thoughts on this week's episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can continue the conversation with us and other listeners on our Facebook page. You can also email us questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to discuss at our email address, learnedfromsnowboarding at gmail.com. If you're enjoying our podcast, please subscribe, write a review, and help others find our show. Thanks for listening.